0: Hello, hello. Good afternoon. Good morning. Good evening. Good day. Good night. Good life. Good vibes, dude. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode three of the Vibecast with Brent Pellis. New version. It's a new edition, baby. Is that same energy? It's a new vibe or it's the same vibes, new energy. It's one of those. Who cares? Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, we're doing a Q&A episode this week um i am on the road shooting the next season of wild and out so uh i asked you all for some questions some fun questions online and we're gonna do a bunch of them we're gonna do a whole lot of them right now um let's see what we got so uh this episode of the podcast is brought to you by Nutopia. Neut- Newtopia from Bioptimizers. It's their new line of nootropics. If you've, if you've ever heard of nootropics, or if you've ever been interested in what nootropics can do for you and your mental health, mental clarity, creativity, focus, relaxation, Newtopia Noot- is a um, customizable supplement package that's meant to optimize your brain. Optimize your brain, baby. Go to newtopia.com slash Brent for a discount. You can customize your order based on the different goals you have, whether that's relax, sleep better, uh, mental fog, procrastination, different things like that. And they can formulate a product to send to you to try. And they have a 365-day money-back guarantee. So there's literally zero risk. All right, so check them out. Um, let's see what we got, dude. We got a lot of... Uh we got a lot of questions here. We got some fun questions. The window is open in my apartment, so you might hear some noise. But you know what? Like, like Ramdas says, just be awareness. You know, you guys fuck with Ramdas, dude? You guys ever mess with the DAS? I'm a fan of Ramdas. I just opened a kombucha, if you heard that little shh, because we're chilling and vibing here on this lovely afternoon. Um, yeah, man, let's, uh, let's dive into some questions here. So I'm on, I'm on YouTube. Um, Let's start with a fun one. First question, shout out to Tic Tac. Uh, This, this comment is from somebody Tic Tac. All right. Question number one, are you vaxxed up? So I've actually um, had this question a lot and I'm taking a, you know, it's, it's, I, I, I despise the question. I think it's Ridiculous that this question has become um, common in society, and it it, it, it answering it immediately puts you on a team. It doesn't matter who is asking, even if they say, "Oh, I don't care," you know, "I don't care." I'm just curious. Why are you curious if you don't care? Don't if you don't care, then don't care enough to ask. It doesn't matter because it always puts you on a side, one side or the other. So I I am taking the road of not giving in to stupid fucking questions like that and just not answering because who gives a shit. You know what I mean? That's my answer. That's my answer on any podcast, any interview I'm ever asked. My goal, my personal goal is to do as much as I can to take that question out of culture so that we can get back to what really makes a person, which is their behavior, their their character, their uh, uh, the, the way that they operate within the world and connect to others and what they bring into this life. That's what makes a person. Not whether or not somebody's fucking vaccine boosted. I could give a shit less. That's why I don't ask people. So just don't ask unless you have some type of weird agenda you're pushing and you're trying to gather information. uh, You know, if you're doing some of those things, sure, ask, but you're gonna get the same answer from me, which is always stop asking. Who cares? All right. That's the answer to question number one, dude. Cheers. We're rolling. We're rolling into this Q&A here, dude. Three minutes in. Hell yeah. Feeling good. All right. Let's stay with the YouTube. Does that make sense though? You know what I mean? Like I'm just trying to get rid of that question, dude. Next question up, why live in California? (laughs) You know, I I have trashed California so much um, over the past couple years. And it's been so fun because I really am speaking from my perspective. I look outside my window and I see uh, homeless encampments and it's unfortunate. It's not, I'm not mad at them. I'm mad at the policies that A, created such a divide between somebody in a beautiful apartment building and somebody on the street, and B, the policies that are keeping them there or not helping them. And then, of course, C, the people who don't need to live on the street but do live on the street, maybe don't live on the street anymore. If you have the ability and the mental capacity to do something to to stake your place in the world, that's not everybody that's homeless, obviously. There's tons of mental illness in the homeless population. And it's very, very sad. And I empathize with that because it's just, you, you, you don't want to see a human um, n- living in inhuman conditions. And I don't have the answers. I ain't got no answers on that. It's just my it's just my feeling. Um, so why do I live in California? I love California, man. All the positives outweigh the negatives to me, to be honest. I got my family here. I got my friends here. It's, I'm, I'm ve- it's very subjective, my answer to this question. It's, not a, it's very much my opinion, but... I got all my people here, man. My mom, my sister, my, my grandparents, um, you know, everybody, family, friends, love, everything is here. And um, that's why I, I want to stay. I, I considered moving to Austin, uh, but then I got hungry and I stopped thinking about it. <laughs> it was last year. I, I really thought, I was like, what? Where? If I was going to move, where would I move? And then it was Austin or New York. I, w- I would love to live in New York too, just for the city life. Seems cool, but, um, I would need a reason to go out there. I'm not just going to drop everything and go, you know, but I love California, man. You can go from where I am in Los Angeles within two hours. You can be at the beach at, in the forest, at a waterfall in the desert or in the snow or at a lake. And it's like, or the mountains, it's, it's beautiful. The nature is unbeatable. The taxes suck. The policy sucks. The political bullshit is awful. Um, But I maybe naively believe that that goes in waves, and we will soon see some type of leadership in California that's gonna help us not have crime all the time and grossly overwhelming homeless populations where people are forced to live in inhuman conditions. And hopefully, that will come with, um, you know, a new election cycle, all right, where we can get the Gav man on up out of here. Maybe it'll happen when I run, I don't know, we'll see. Uh, okay. Let's go on. Let's go. We went Vax. we went California. Both of those are kind of political. Let's see. Let's choose let's choose a fun one. Favorite current basketball player and favorite all time basketball player. Okay, cool. Yeah. You know, I'm into, I'm, I'm into ball. I played, uh, all through college. Uh, I was at UC Santa Cruz for the first couple years. Then I transferred to Santa Barbara, which is D one broke my ankle. So I didn't end up playing on the team, which was a bummer, but that introduced me to, um, sports writing, journalism and media, uh, while well, I was in the cast, so it was kind of a blessing in disguise. Anyways, the um, the NBA right now is so fun to watch. Uh, we're, we are in March while well, I'm recording this, so I will say March Madness is my favorite sporting event to watch ever. I watched five March Madness games. Every single one came down to the wire in a row, and some were huge upsets. It was St. Peter's, I think, versus uh, <sighs> Kentucky, Baylor. They beat a two seed. I forget who it was, but man, how fun is that? So basketball to me is always going to run in my blood. Um, favorite all time is Michael Jordan. That's just who I grew up watching. I was introduced to basketball when I was like four or five and he was the man. And, uh, so all through childhood, it was Jordan. And then post Jordan, it was Kobe, um, all through when I coached at Kobe Bryant's camp for six years. I've talked about that on the podcast before. Um, so of all time, it would be Jordan and then Kobe, uh, Current, favorite current basketball player? Dude, I mean, the guys I love to watch operate are dudes in my position, which is like a Kyrie Irving or a Steph Curry, um, like a point who is very creative with the ball and creative with playmaking. Uh, so I love both of those guys. I loved Derrick Rose. I love, 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 loved Derrick Rose. Oh, man, he was... So fun to watch Uh, where he go Memphis in college and then right after college. His change of direction is crazy. He's like one of those UFOs that does a quick right-hand turn out of nowhere and just like mock 50,000. That's what Derrick Rose was like. And then, unfortunately, injuries stopped him. But I guess when you're turning directions that quick, one of your knees is definitely going to blow up. Um, But love those dudes. And then, you know, LeBron is fun to watch too, even though he mouths off on Twitter a bit too much for my – personal tastes i'm not on team shut up and dribble though so lebron keep fucking talking baby all right what else we got um oh here's a fun one who are some of your biggest comedy influences are you worried about the future of comedy especially in today's increasingly political correct culture great question from tyler d whose profile picture is a peace sign what up tyler d Thanks for vibing dog. Some of my biggest comedy influences. My mother raised me on SNL and that was when, uh, who was the first, I guess Will Ferrell's era was when I first got into SNL. It was Will Ferrell's early era and Jimmy Fallon came on. Uh, she did bring me up with a lot of Chris Farley movies, which was great. So Chris Farley and Will Ferrell are definitely on my personal Mount Rushmore. Um, and then I loved Eddie Murphy's specials too in high school. Me and my buddies were, w- would quote uh, Raw and Delirious a lot. Um, who else are biggest comedy influences? You know, a couple of my comedy influences aren't really performers mainly anymore. Um, an example is Ben Stiller. Now, I, I, I'm a fan of Ben Stiller's acting. His, his, the movies he's made are fun. He is he does what he's supposed to do in his roles that are like a bit more straight man. Zoolander is one of the greatest comedy movies of all time. I don't care what you say, I will fight that fact to the death. But if any of y'all are into film, you will have seen Ben Stiller's evolution into a an incredibly talented director. He's got the series called Severance right now on Apple TV or Apple Plus or whatever. Phenomenal. And he's directed a lot of stuff before too. Um and I love his directing style. He's got a great visual style with motion on the the camera is moving a lot. It's very smooth and cinematic. Um and he's got a mind for comedy, so the beats and the jokes are very tight and very well delivered. So I love that. Um other big comedy influences. Oh, Jim Carrey, of course. I mean, his entire just presence as a as a as a human inspires me. Uh, everything from his belief system and how he operates and communicates with people to his approach to roles and and his commitment and deep dive into whatever character he's playing the grinch is like just i mean one of the most insane performance pieces of all time what he did in the grinch he was the he was the grinch that's not an actor playing the grinch that was the grinch dude so love 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 uh, jim carrey all those people i just mentioned are my biggest comedy influences, especially because you'll notice that the guys I mentioned too, Will Ferrell, Chris Farley, Jim Carrey, they're very physical. They're very, very physical. I love being physical and crazy and silly and weird and doing shit with my body or my face to get a laugh and, or to accentuate a joke or a topic. That's all really fun for me. Um, so I love those guys. The follow-up here for Tyler D, are you worried about the future of comedy, and especially in today's increasingly politically correct culture? No, and I'll tell you why. Because the people who are not politically correct that are comedians are crushing it right now. I'm talking Tim Dillon, Schultz, um, Chappelle, obviously. Uh, these dudes are crushing. I, I am trying to think of a female comedian who's doing the same. Um, Nicole Arbor, obviously she's great. She's a good friend of mine and super funny. Uh, even, I mean, you know, Nikki Howard, my friend Nikki technically is not politically correct because she's been in a lot of my stuff playing AOC. And we've done like some news anchor parody type stuff, which goes against the mainstream politically correct narrative that mainstream news is reliable and trustworthy and all that. And we take shots at that. So I guess uh, she counts in that group too. Um, But I'm not worried about all that because even the people a step under those first dudes that I said, the me, Ryan Long, Tyler Fisher, obviously my buddy JP, a bunch of other people that are, churning out comedy content that is not aligned with the mainstream narrative are making a living and making it a killing, making a good living. So I'm not worried about it. Um, and, and, uh, one more thing to top off this answer, Tyler D is I got cast on a mainstream comedy show, uh, wild and out. I've been on it for the past two seasons. I'm heading out to shoot the next season here soon. And they, all my stuff is out in the open. And I'm very vocally against mandates and and pro freedom with that specific conversation. And uh, you know, I do lean more toward the side that is uh, uh, less terrified of COVID and less pro lockdown. I'm anti lockdown, and I'm I'm pro I'm anti dumb, dude. And I've said that before. I'm pro logic and reason and science. And show me the science. And can we get <laughs> the government to work for us, not the other way around? So all of that kind of goes against the politically correct mainstream type stuff. And yet I still was cast on a show that is produced and distributed by Viacom CBS. So, you know, that's, that also gives me hope. If I can bridge that gap, other people already are as well. I think we're going to be fine, man. We'll see, you know, how much these social media channels start cracking down on censorship and whatnot. But you know, I, uh, I'm i not um, I'm not too worried about it because I, I truly believe that the largest group of people that are consuming comedy want to consume comedy for comedy and for laughter and not for a political agenda. And, uh, you know, those people can consume all types of comedy and, and are entertained by all types of comedy. Whereas, you know, somebody watching uh, a, <laughs> a comedy show that's live at night on Saturdays might only... Enjoy content that is aligned with the broad message being put out by that type of program. And they might not enjoy content by me, Ryan Long, uh, Nikki, JP, a couple other people like that. So uh, hopefully that kind of answers that question. The larger group can enjoy everything, or at least most things, and they can, they're down with shots being fired at any side. And those are my people. I love those people. I'm trying to attract more of those people into my life. So yeah, does that answer the question? I think that answers the question. <laughs> um, all right, let's see what we got, what's next? Oh, I got a couple on Instagram too. Are you guys having a good time? Vibe check, dude, y'all chilling? Cool, 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 all right, let's see. Um, this guy said, "comes to come to Maui, bruh. I would love to come to Maui, dog. Um, what is your spirit animal? Somebody asked me what my spirit animal is. I was at a music festival a while back and a very effeminate man with um, gem, gemstones glued to his eyes uh, told me that my spirit animal is a hawk. So there you go. <laughs> uh, okay, let's see. Uh, t- t- what it, What is your creative process like? That's cool. That's fun. Do you script out your episodes? Um, episodes, I'm going to assume you mean videos. Because you're talking about podcasts, no, I never script out. I just write notes that I want to talk about. So I'm gonna assume you you mean videos, or do you get together with your group with a basic concept and then improvise? Oh, okay, yeah. So you do mean videos. All right. What is your creative process like? Um, it depends on who who's rocking for the thing that we're making. Like it could be um, it could be you know with my buddy Blake Weber, I usually have an idea. I like scripting stuff out because I improvise while I write. And I'll talk out loud and I'll walk around with a wig on or whatever and just talk to myself, which is fucking nuts to to hear. But, uh, I usually like scripting it out, but there's always improv in every video I've ever done. There's always some lines that are improvised. It's, it depends on who is in it and what the video is. But a typical solo video that I do, I'll come in with a full script and, uh, then by, I'll, I'll get everything that I wrote, but then throughout the shoot, I'll be improvising different lines based on whatever the scene and setting and character is that's on camera at the time. Um, and then in the edit, I'll choose which lines or scenes or shots are best. And it usually comes out to maybe like 70% scripted, 30% improvised if it's a solo video. Um, I'll give you an example. The uh, America's Favorite Right Wing Coffee Co., guy with the handlebar mustache that was out in the woods with the two ak-47s it was kind of like a black rifle coffee parody um that was fully scripted and there were some joke lines that i definitely needed to hit but then we i i I added a lot of shots i added the um crawling on the ground for b-roll shots i added the like where's hillary all that stuff um so that ended up being like 70 30 and then with me and uh, Blake, when we shoot, we, so it's funny because we'll, we've written stuff before, line for line and, and written the whole thing out. And then there's other stuff where we legit come in with an idea um, and just improvise it. But it's always better to have a skeleton for us. At, at least we know where it starts, we know how it heightens and we know where it ends. And if we have that skeleton, then we can figure out what to do in between just by committing to the scene and committing to the character and the mindset of whatever that character and and whatever that environment is like that we've built in front of the camera. So commitment, baby. I, I love I love uh, improvising, but um, I don't want to rely on it because if you have to, if you rely on improv, sometimes you're not on. Sometimes it doesn't end up coming together in the edit. So you always I, I always want to have some type of like skeleton. Uh, draft written out to fall back on it's a good question doug all right let's go to Instagram let's see what we got here we got ask me questions um okay this is what would you do to okay hardest I've ever bombed I think I've answered that question. I'll do it again. I'll do it. I'll give you the quick version. I was on a cruise. I got booked to do a cruise in the middle of the ocean during hurricane season. And because apparently nobody else was available to risk their life besides me. This was back in like 2017. And I was doing the sound check. And the tech guy, it was just me and the tech guy, and he says, What song do you want to walk up to? And I was like, Oh, well, we're on a cruise. So bring me up to the song I'm on a boat by Lonely Island, right? So we rehearsed it and I'm running up and down like, yeah, I'm on a boat, on a boat. And it was great. It was funny. Me and him were both laughing. Uh, Cut to a couple hours later, everybody's filing in and I'm looking out from the back curtain and they're all wearing like tuxedos and ball gowns. And they're all like over 50 years old, which is fine, but I was starting to get nervous because I was fresh off a college tour where I was talking about like Tinder and drinking and partying. And now I got to do 45 minutes on a cruise to a bunch of people who are my parents age. So the cruise director goes on stage. Everybody's in the audience. There's 1,200 people in the crowd. The theater was insanely huge on this massive cruise. And he introduces me. The song starts playing, Lonely Island, I'm on a boat. And I run out and I'm singing to the song. I'm on a boat, I'm on a boat. Take a good look at me because I'm begging on a boat. Hey! And I was, I go, hey, what's going on, everybody? Cut the music. How y'all doing tonight? Silence. Silence. And one ro- woman in the front row, In her Titanic best looks up at me and goes, it's not a boat. It's a ship. And that got more laughs than anything I said that night. (laughs) I had to dig myself out of that hole, dude. And the worst part of it was, um, you know, I mean, they just didn't know the song. They didn't recognize the song. They didn't want some 27-year-old nobody talking to them about partying and Tinder and dating, they wanted like a like a Seinfeld style person who could give them observational quips about life and love and being an adult and all that stuff. And that was not me at the time. So the worst part of it was that after the show, I was stuck on the ship for another couple of days before they switched passengers and got a whole new uh, shipload of people on. So I stayed in my room for 24 hours until we docked and they got everybody off and a new group got on and i was just so embarrassed i didn't want to walk around the cruise and be like looked at by all these cruise people like oh is that the guy yeah that's the guy that called it a boat <laughs> yeah that's the boat guy so that was the worst i've ever bombed um yeah man all right let's see what else we got Where that uh where we at on time we are rolling Okay, we got some more time here. Um, Let's see. A couple more. Uh, Advice on what you do to keep your high vibe. High vibe advice, dude? You know, positive energy is key. And it's just key to being alive. It's key to living. If you don't have it, it's really hard to be alive. It's really, really hard. And I've been in some dark places before. Um, so I know I, I feel like I know what the bottom is like. And um, you know, the to me there's three there are three different energies that kind of flow through me as a human. And if I can keep each one of those in balance, um, then they can all come together. Uh, to kind of just keep my overall energy high and positive. And those energies are mental, uh, spiritual and physical. So physical, um, some of the things that I do personally to keep my physical energy and my physical strength, stamina, uh, and and abilities as, as optimized as possible are diet. Diet's huge. um, I do a lot of meat and greens. I don't do much bread except for pasta Sundays. I don't do much sugar except for like one binge day a week, maybe every two weeks where I have a big old dessert. Um, I exercise a ton. I work out all the time. I, I, I mean, if I'm not running one day, I'm doing a couple hundred push-ups and sit-ups and doing planks and yoga at home or uh, running stairs, running the beach, hills, playing basketball, uh, doing a solo basketball workout so I work out a couple hours per week for sure um, what else for physical recovery is huge I drink a ton of water at least a gallon a day probably I don't I don't measure it but I would assume that's how much I drink I don't think people drink enough water so diet exercise and then there's some supplemental things that I do I, I do get a massage I don't have a gym membership so I, I feel like I would rather put that money toward like a weekly massage. Uh, which I don't do enough. I, I think I'm doing like one a month right now. But that's like a sports therapy massage. So they really go deep on muscle and deep tissue stuff. Um, and then I also just started doing hot-cold therapy with an infrared sauna uh, for 20 minutes and then a cold plunge for three minutes. And I do that at this spot out in Venice, California, where I live. Um, and that's been phenomenal. That That's huge. I also take cold showers only. So that just might be me as a psycho, <laughs> but that's kind of how I keep my body physically able to do the things that I want it to do. Uh, you know, and I travel so much that I gotta, I feel like I need to balance all these crazy crunched up plane rides and shitty wake up times and call times with you know, my morning routine of stretching and chugging water every, I wake up and I do 15 minutes of stretching and yoga and then I chug a bunch of water. Um, and I do supplement packets with like magnesium and salt and potassium in it. So I do a lot. I do a lot for my physical. It's, it's a, it's a big priority. So that's the physical, the mental, um, is kind of intertwined with the physical because I try to put myself in mental states of stress. So the sauna is a mental state of stress. The exercising that I do, working out, I put myself in a mental state where I really push pretty hard, um, and then also the the mental uh, energy that the, the things that I do to try to supplement positive mental energy is I just try to remember to be grateful, dude, all the time. I say thank you and every chance I get, and I try to mean it every single time, and. Just being nice it gives you a positive mental energy. Just literally just being nice to people. If y'all ever see me like reply to like some troll dickhead comment online, notice how I re- respond. I respond with love, dude. I don't have, I, I ain't got time to be negative. You know what I mean? We, we, we all gonna die and be forgotten. So in this finite time we have, there's no point in, in being rude in a Twitter comment or an Instagram comment. You might as well just wish that person love because they obviously need it. If, if their main source of entertainment or or a place where they want to put their energy is, into, is, is being a dick on an Instagram comment, that person needs love, dude. So for me, mentally, the more positivity that I can give to other people, the more of a direct return of that energy I end up feeling either in that moment or later on down the road, it all energy, all cycles. Energy is constantly cycling. So if I can give somebody um, a compliment and mean it, or help, or advice, or insight, or uh, gra- give them gratitude, or, or respect, recognition, whatever the energy form is, I try to do that as often as I can and really mean it authentically. Um, I don't I don't fake that stuff. I just I really try to commit to to putting that into their mind so that it can then be reciprocated into mine at some point down the road. So that's mental. And then spiritual, uh, that's the last part of that. Um, you know, I, I meditate, I take breaks, um, once or twice a year, I'll go, I'll leave LA for like a weekend and I won't tell anybody and I'll just go off by myself and and hang in the mountains or something. I get a hotel, but you know what I mean? (laughs) Take a break. A spiritual reset. Um, I do meditate. Uh, I try to learn more about everything that is happening in like the human experience that I, and this is kind of deep here, but you wanted a Q&A. So we got a and a And so you asked a question. Now you're getting the question, right? So the spiritual side of it is I really try to learn as much as I can about my own awareness and what awareness is within like a conscious being. And if I can get a grasp on what awareness is and I can tap back into what it really means to be aware, then that connects me further to what to whatever is happening within my consciousness that allows me to think of new ideas or uh, be creative or um, listen to an extremely loud helicopter fly past my window. You know, that's awareness. That's me being aware. So... um, those things and and gratitude ties in from mental to spiritual as well. And just trying to really operate within a sphere of gratitude for everything, you know, cause especially in in entertainment and in what I do, I'm like asking people to give me a career asking them to follow me, asking them to like, watch, share, subscribe, buy tickets to my stuff, buy my merch, support me, tell your friends about me. I'm asking everybody to do that for me. And I'm extremely grateful any time it happens. So I try to really remember to, to live with that gratitude first rather than the thought of, um, oh, what, what do I not have? What could I have? What does that person have? So instead of, instead of operating from a space of comparison or want, I try to operate from a space of gratitude and joy for what I have. And so spiritually, that that's kind of cleansing. That's a nice balance with all the insane deadlines and self-pressure I, I put on myself and um, expectations that others have of me or that I have them myself or uh, competitive nature of the different things that I'm doing. Um, it's balanced out by by that. So that's kind of the spiritual side of it. So that's your three-part answer, dude. That was a good little deep dive. That was fun. That was like a fun little fucking little fucking little fun little, 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 little ther- therapy session, huh? Mm. Nice. All right. Let's do one or two more. And then your boy's got to tap out. Um, let's see. Let's see where we're at. We got, let's do a couple more. One or two more. Um, five things that I'm grateful for. Uh, should we answer that one? What else we got? I guess so, because I just said it out loud, huh? All right. Five. <laughs> five things I'm grateful for all right let's see this is just on the flash so this i this could change at any time but right in this moment I am grateful for um my mother for giving me life I am grateful for every single person who has watched a video and supported me in any way that's pretty cool I'm super grateful for um the organic sour gummy bears at Rainbow Acres on Washington Boulevard in Los Angeles because they are delicious snacks and I love them very much. And I'm grateful for the joy that they bring me, those organic gummy bears. Uh, what else am I grateful for, dude? I mean, there's so many things. There's so many different people. But if I name one person, I got to name like all of them because there's a lot of different people on that level. That I have gratitude for so but my mom above everybody so I got to just name my mom uh what else is your boy grateful for dude I'm grateful for um the opportunity I had working at Kobe Bryant's camp that was episode 24 by the way back when we were the Brent Pella show so if you want to watch that episode it was a whole deep dive into my history with Kobe and a lot of other people that I met and worked with at that camp um I'll probably re re re-release that episode at some point. Uh, that's number three or four. I'm gonna call it four. Um, what else am I grateful for dude? I mean, I'm grateful for, uh, you know, my health. I'm grateful for my health. Uh, not super grateful for my hair since it's starting to get thin, but I don't want to get into negatives. So we're going to stop right there. (laughs) Oh man. All right, dude. I think we gotta, we gotta crush it. Uh, we'll, we'll go through these real quick. Is is time travel real? If so, what year would you pick to go to? I don't, I don't know if time travel is real. I hope it is. That would be pretty cool. And if I could go back in time and there wouldn't be anything like ruined by some weird law of time travel by me going back in time, I'd probably go back to if I could only pick one year. Oh man. I don't know. Maybe the sixties sometime in the sixties. It seems like a pretty cool time maybe go to a music festival or something um, and experience what it was like to be on the cutting edge of being a hippie. Uh, let's see what else. What would you do if you were chronically ill and bedridden? Man, I would write. I would write, 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 I would write everything all the time, always I would be writing. I would write everything I possibly could. I would get it out of my soul and into the physical realm. That's what I would do because if I'm not going to last, maybe my writing will. Uh, will you do a spoof of Peaky Blinders? I don't watch the show, but I hear good things. So maybe I'll have to watch it. Um, all right, cool. Let's rock through these. What else we got? I think that was it, dude. Yeah, that was it. That's pretty good. What's the meaning of life? (sighs) Why are we here? Is bigger always better? Uh, is bigger always better? I've been told no. (laughs) Why are we here? I don't know. The meaning of life? I don't know. I don't think there is a meaning. I don't think there's a meaning, but I don't think that's a bad thing. I think understanding that there might not be a meaning might be part of the meaning because then if there's no meaning, then you create your own meaning. If there's no objective meaning, then the meaning becomes, well, create your own meaning and live by that. All right, that's it, baby. That's it. Love you guys so much. Thanks for chilling. Thanks for vibing. I appreciate y'all. Uh, tell a friend about the pod if you're digging it or, you know, freaking don't. Come see me live. I got a lot of show dates coming up this summer. brentpella.com slash shows. Check out Newtopia from Optimizers. That's the new nootropic package that they're offering a discount on at newtopia.com slash Brent. And um, I love y'all, man. Go tell someone you love him this week and drink a lot of water. All right, see ya. Thank you.